Hi, Jelly. Ben here. Long time listener, first time caller. Hi. Hi, hi, Ben. Ben from Mobile Couch. Hi. Yeah. Uh, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Big fan. I'm a fan of yours. Really? Oh, thanks, man. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I listen to Topical <laughs> every week and I thought I would bring forth a topic which I have great experience with and that's living overseas. Right, because you live in London. Yeah, just temporarily. You're a New Zealander. New Zealander who's from... been living in Australia for ages who now lives in London and I'm shortly going to move back to Australia. So I feel like this makes you like the most qualified to talk about living overseas because you've basically been doing it forever. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Although I kind of feel like Australia is my home now, but anyway. <laughs> so have you ever wanted to live overseas? Uh, yeah, no, totally. I've, I've always wanted to live overseas. For as long as I can remember, I've wanted to live in the US. That's obviously a terrible idea because I'm pretty sure that I will get shot. Yeah, geez, lately. So there's that. But you know, I I I wouldn't mind like living living somewhere that has amazing internet. I've heard great things about South Korea, uh, but also like you know, there, there's there's countries in the in in Europe that have like internet as a right, like a mm-hmm. human right, which is crazy. But I'm all for it, all for it. All right, so hopefully I can explain to you how to go about doing it, and when you get there, how to not yes. go insane. Okay, which is highly likely. All right, so you're sitting at home, yep, back wherever you live, and you're like, I'm going to go live overseas. The first thing you got to check out is can you actually go to the country you want to go to and work? Unless you're really rich, you're going to need to do something while you're there to pay the bills, right? Right. So you need to get what's called a visa. It's not a credit card. It's, it's a travel visa. And a lot of countries, it depends on yep. where you're coming from, obviously, have kind of like exchange deals. So Australia to the UK, which is what I did, have a... I wouldn't say it's a deal just between Australia and the UK, but the UK have a scheme called a youth mobility visa. And youth is actually very loose. I think it goes up to 33, 35 or something. That is crazy loose. Yeah. That is like the <laughs> loosest version of that word. Yep. <laughs> and it's really good. So basically what you can do is go live and work there for two years as if you were, I guess, a citizen. You can even extend it. This works in Australia as well. Extend it by doing some form of work on the in-demand list, which normally involves working on a farm. That's the most common one. But I think there's some other things on there too. Okay. Yeah, so I think that gets you anywhere between six months to a year extra on top of your work travel visa to encourage people to go and help out in in in-demand areas that don't normally require any form of qualification sort of like anyone can do it they just need manpower yeah yeah but there, and there's a whole bunch of different it's a whole bunch of different visas that you can get and for various different countries as well because australia also has like a special visa for the u.s yeah uh, that you can get and it's basically you have to have a bachelor's degree in something or other or a bachelor or equivalent so i don't have a bachelor's degree so i had to in order to be able to apply for this uh when i was when i was looking into it I was going to have to equate, like get an equatable amount of work experience. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the equatable amount of work experience for each year that you would spend on a bachelor's degree, which I think is, I want to say three or maybe four. Either way, you have to do more years in actual, in actual like ex- work experience in order to be able to get it. So for me, it was like, for, for, for me, it was like 12 years of work experience. Um, which you can like document and prove, 
which is insanity. And if you've worked as you know in freelance for as long as I have, uh, it's just not going to happen, and that makes me sad. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you could get the UK one. I don't think you need a bachelor's degree. A really common one that I've found is you need some amount of money in a bank account because they want to uh. prove you're not going to be a burden on society once you get there. Um, so you normally need a few grand sitting in an account. So my wife actually falls within the, like in like a generational thing. So if you had, I think a grandparent or something along those lines that was uh, that was born in like that was an English citizen, you can get a passport, and yeah. that essentially gives you access. So she falls within that because she was born before the cutoff date, because um, they had a, they essentially cut it off. So she's born a couple of years before that, so she can get it. And then because I'm married to a, uh, I get to you know if she ever decided to go down that direction, I could, I would you know tag along. Yeah, you could get a, a, a spousal visa. I think it's called. Yeah, we looked at doing that actually. They, you needed a large amount of money in the bank. That's all I remember. Really? Yeah. Okay. So now you've you've got your visa. You've navigated the government red tape and bureaucracy, um, and got a stamp, which is good. It can be annoying to get actually. So now you've, I guess we'll jump ahead. So you booked your flight and you've got there. You kind of got to find a place to live. You need to live somewhere unless you just want to live on the street. Not my recommended approach. In a cardboard box. <laughs> I guess you, you, some people never find a place to live. They just backpack, bounce around hostels doing temporary work. That could, that works too. Yeah. But normally what I've found is there's normally a popular website for, I guess, flatmate finding. So you just move into a, a share home, someone else has moved out and you're just filling the gap of, of another flatmate. And so you don't really have to provide furniture or set up a new house or anything like that. So it's pretty good for temporary residents. You normally just move into yep. a furnished room, which has a bed and you can buy a TV if you want and you share a kitchen and do all that stuff. And it's also good for making friends, I guess. You can yeah. have someone to hang out with at night. I guess it also depends on if you're traveling with someone or you're doing this as a lone nomad, yeah, it might, I feel like it might be a bit awkward if you like take your if you if you and your wife or your you and your husband move into like a share house. Yeah, that seems like that seems fairly seems fairly kind of awkward. It it does, I but I that's more common than you'd think in London, at least. Yeah, okay, because it's very expensive to live here, so I guess kind of, I mean, that's one of my points. There, there's going to be cultural differences, even if. You feel like the country you're going to. I mean, Australia to England doesn't feel like there's going to be much of a cultural shift there, but there actually is. Mm. It's subtle, but things definitely work a little differently around here. Okay. Um, but we'll get to that. So once you've found a place to live, or at least once you've landed and trying to find a place to live, you kind of end up in this awkward chicken or egg situation right? where to sign up for a house, the owner or the other flatmates are going to want some proof you have money. Therefore, you need a bank account locally. Yep. They're not just yep. going to take cash yep. most of the time. But to get a bank account, you need to provide a fixed address. They won't take a hostel or a hotel's address. Uh. So what the hell do you do? <laughs> so you take up residence in a cardboard box. Yeah, exactly. Out the front of 10 Wentz Westminster Abbey. 10 Westminster correct? Abbey, sure. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> I mean, there's 10 Downing Street where the Prime Minister lives and there's oh, Westminster 10 Downing Abbey. Street. Um, but yeah, yeah oh, close enough. I, I was, I was, you know, just going somewhere in between. I guess, no, I'm not asking for much. <laughs> so there's really no good solution to this problem. You're just going to have to convince one of them that I can't do it until I have the other one, 
and that's what worked for us. So right. I'd say normally you could do it with the house you're signing up to, just pay cash for the first month and say, I'll now go get a bank account. Yep. So that's another point. Make sure you have cash at first. Hmm. Don't do it at the airport. Number one travel tip, never get money out at the airport or at least at your departure airport. Getting it out from an ATM when you get this is actually all right. But never go to that mm. travel money guy that sits in the departure lounge at the airport because they will just rip oh, you off, yeah, big time. They they they're so expensive, so expensive. You'll you'll pay like half of your money in in fees. Yeah, and then even the ones that say we have no fees, they do have fees. They just tie it into a horrible exchange rate. So don't fall for it. Mm. Mm. All right. So now you've you've moved into your house. You've got some cash. You probably don't have a job yet. That's normal. It's normally around this point, or at least when you first get a job, people start to get homesick. And you don't think it's going to happen because you've been looking forward to this big adventure for ages, and now you're finally here. But it, it happened to me. It got quite sad for a bit. You know, I just kind of missed home, missed all my friends, missed just normal life. So you just have to expect it. Yeah. I, I don't even know that it's like... it's That's not even like, a, uh, like an overseas thing. I think that's just a moving to a place where you didn't necessarily know a lot of people think. That's true. When I first moved to Canberra, I had the same I had the same thing. And I mean, I only moved three hours away from home and I didn't even cross any country borders. I didn't even, I mean, well, I kind of crossed the state border, you know, from New South Wales into the ACT, but it wasn't even, like, it wasn't even that big a deal. And yet I was so homesick for like the first couple of weeks that I lived in Canberra. So homesick. So yeah, that makes sense that it would just happen. I remember... We went to visit my wife's family because my wife is also originally English. Her family's in Newcastle, so up north. And Newcastle has a bridge that was designed by the same person as the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And it looks straight up identical. Huh. Those bridges are the same bridges. <laughs> um, but I just remember sitting <laughs> so in So he my... just used copy paste? Yeah, I think he did. But I just remember sitting in my hotel room going, Oh, that bridge looks like Sydney. Whoa. Oh, now I'm really sad. <laughs> It seems so silly now, but it just happens. You just you're gonna get sad sometimes. Yeah. But the way to get over it is to make new friends, which requires effort. I know. It requires a lot of effort to make new friends, especially as you get older. But the I found a really good thing to do was to go to meetups, like official meetups, basically from meetup.com. Just, you know, pick a hobby. So mobile couch host, kind of into making apps. So I went to a few developer meetups met some people there yeah i started going to the gym a lot made a lot of friends there for something a little different and that that is really mm. what helped me get over the homesickness once i had some some f people to talk to that in a social sort of sense rather than either just yeah. work like i'm here with my wife and obviously i enjoy talking to her too but when she is the only person you ever see you know you get a bit lonely so yeah yeah that that is really what made me get over my homesickness was making my own friends and socializing with other people. So really hmm. make an effort to go to these things. And the best thing about going to meetups is everyone's kind of there for the same reason. Like people go there expecting to make new friends. They want to meet people. Yeah. And so you don't have to feel like you're walking into this pre-existing group, which actually, so that's one of the cultural differences, at least going from Australia to the UK, English people are much more standoffish and don't make friends as easy as Australians, especially in the workplace. Really? So at least in my experience, in Australia, your work, the people you work with almost become your best friends. You spend so much time with them, 
that you almost see them more than your wife or your husband or your partner or your dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas people in the UK are friendly, definitely, but they're just not, they don't become like your best friends as easily. They're very standoffish. You know, they're very professional, kind of just want to talk about work Mm. for the first while, which is strange. Yeah. Right? Right. So it's the kind of stuff you don't expect. Yeah, because I mean, I just I I went and spent two weeks in an office, uh, not not that long ago in Sydney, and like by the time that I was I left, like I'd have like all these crazy conversations about like uh, the Marvel universe, and there was some Harry Potter stuff in there, even though I don't know anything about Harry <laughs> Potter and Greek Greek mythology and all these crazy conversations that are going on around me, and like. When I first arrived, I was like, oh, I can't talk to these people. This is crazy. I mean, people are around people. I don't like people. But I it, very, very quickly, like, it's just like, you know, you become pals. And by the time that we, uh, by the time I left, you know, uh, we, we went out for some drinks. And like, this is after two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. It's not like that. Uh, that makes me sad. That makes me sad. So poor, poor British it's hard, people. It's hard to say. So they're, they're definitely polite. So they will, mm. we went out for drinks too when my wife started work. Yep. They took us out for drinks. You know, the whole team came. Yep. And they were very nice. I, this sounds bad, but it was almost like a formality. Like this is what you should do for a new colleague in the workplace. And we are professionals, so we will do this. Huh. See, when we went out for drinks, it was all like friends. We're pals. We're pals. We've only known each other for like less than 10 days. Yep, and yet. But we're besties now. But we're besties so it's crazy because of this fact that a lot of the time when you move overseas, a lot of people that are already there obviously already have friendship groups. Yeah. You're going to end up hanging out with people from your country a lot, which seems bad at first because you feel like I've gone all the way across the other side of the world and all my friends are Australian. That's messed up. I should be like experiencing the culture, but it really, it's not that bad because they're just in the same situation as you. Everyone is trying to make friends and they all have no friends here either. So you end up making friends. Okay. Makes sense. And obviously you will have friends from the country as well, but just don't expect all your friends to be from the country you're moving to and none to be from the country you've come from. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. There's also a lot of Australians in the, in London. So there's that as well, I think. So true. Yeah. Also Australia, New Zealand kind of becomes the same country when you're overseas. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I I know that I've 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 introduced myself to people before, and a, a lot of time, like I think I think people like assume that New Zealand is part of Australia, but this guy, I think he was trying to be like he was trying to like get ahead of the game, so he asked if I was from New Zealand. Oh. I, I've never I have, I've never been asked that till this guy. I think he was trying to like you know he was like ah oh, maybe it's different, and so I was asked if I was from New Zealand, but I was like nope. It's, I'm from Australia. Was he from New Zealand? places, dude. No, he's, he's a Canadian. He was a Canadian. Oh, okay. So a yeah. pretty common thing yeah. is just when you run into someone from either Australia or New Zealand, you go, hey, are you from New Zealand? And then suddenly because you're from similar parts of the world, you're best friends. <laughs> you're from an island out in the middle of nowhere. And I, this is a side note, but I, I think that's so awesome. Yeah. So... When you're in the UK, you quickly find out there's this like heavy rivalry basically between, I guess, Britain and Ireland and Scotland. And there's a lot of history there, but yeah, they don't, they're not, it's not like a friendly rivalry, if you know what I mean. So say in the, the rugby world cup, England was knocked out 
English supporters yeah. wouldn't start supporting Scotland. They would support anyone who wasn't Scotland. <laughs> Whereas uh, the well, that's, opposite I mean, is true at home. I'm, most most of like, the time. You know, I'm not sure how many Australians I know that would support the All Blacks. Maybe a few. In the World Cup, I, they like, would. I'm really sure. So that, yeah. that is just what happens, especially when you get overseas, like when you get out of our little part of the world. I mean, there's a whole TV show based on the idea that uh, that that you know Australians and Flight of the Concords, you know, yes. the Australian Embassy is like their their worst rivals. It's great. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're living in this really cool place, especially if you, if you've come from Australia or New Zealand. Suddenly everything's really close. So when you travel from Australia or New Zealand, everything is far away. When you get to London, <laughs> there are so many things that are close. Like Europe is just. The equivalent of driving to work in Australia. You can be in Paris in pretty much an hour. Oh, geez. And so at first, at least for me, I was kind of like, I'm here for a whole year. We've got plenty of time to see everything. I'm going to explore London first, maybe explore England first. Time goes really fast. So at first, you're lying on the couch going, I'm just going to have a weekend off this week. I'm pretty tired. I've got so many more weekends to go. You don't. You don't have so many more weekends to go. So I've been like loading anything possible in in this like back end of the trip because like there's so many more things I still want to do but I just don't have the weekends left and it's sad which is hilarious because I'm pretty sure you've spent every weekend that I know about traveling whilst you've been overseas oh I know and people here think it's crazy because they're just it's so normal for them that they just never do it you know they just figure it'll always be there Europe will always be there I'll go there one day and they always talk yep. about these Australians or these Kiwis who come over and they just travel constantly because they're trying to see everything within a very short time frame. I don't know how the people do it in six weeks. There's a lot of people that do these Europe trips in six weeks and just well, like... they just don't get to go everywhere. But, oh, they go so many places. They're in a new place almost every two days. It's crazy. I couldn't do it. Oh, that's nuts. I can't do that. I, uh, Mel and I did travel to, the, to Europe uh, f- for our honeymoon. Um, for four weeks um, and we we jumped around a lot like I think the longest we spent in a place was about five days and like the, like four weeks and you know we spent like two two to five days in various different places uh, throughout Italy uh, France and Wales and uh, you know mm-hmm. Britain well, I mean London we didn't really go outside of London um London and Cardiff is where we went to. Okay. Yeah, Cardiff is amazing. I loved Cardiff. I haven't actually been to Cardiff. So Cardiff Cardiff is where uh, Doctor Who is filmed, which is why we went there, because we wanted to go out there and, well, I mean, it's it's based. That's where the, the studio yeah. is based. Um, so we wanted to go out to, they've got a, they've got a, like a museum, like experience thing that you can go to and like look at props and stuff like that. So we went to that. And it turns out that, like, the people of Cardiff and all that sort of stuff, they're super nice. They're super awesome. So it was actually quite, quite amazing. Just an amazing little place that we'd kind of like to spend time in, regardless of the fact that it's, uh, you know, it's Doctor Who. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. You should go to Iceland. Iceland's been the best, I reckon, place I've been. Iceland? Yeah. The yeah. people there are also really friendly. So we jumped around from place to place to place, and it was... I mean, it was kind of crazy. So I, I can, I, I can't, I can't do it. I think I don't think I could do like even. We were we were so tired by the end of it. We're like we were just over it. You need we another holiday, home. right? Like you need a holiday yeah, you because need to come you're home and have another holiday. holiday. 
Yeah. This is that that trip is the entire reason that I will no longer go anywhere for longer than three weeks, and I have like an extra period of time at the start and end to you know decompress after <laughs> after being away and having to deal with traveling. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. another point. You kind of got to learn what you actually like doing while traveling. So when we first got over here, we yeah. were kind of just box ticking. You know, you want to go see all the major cities. So all the capitals basically and all the big tourist sites to see. So, I mean, we've been to Paris before, so we haven't been to Paris. But, you know, you want to go to Barcelona and see all the tourist sites there. And we went to whole pile places in France and all these big cities, right? Because that's just kind of like yeah. when, when people ask you about Europe, they ask you like, oh, did you go see the Trevi Fountain? Did you go see the, the houses in Barcelona? And, and it, I kind of got over it, like to be honest. Once you've seen one big, fancy, old building, you've kind of seen them all. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And I know... So true. So true. A lot of people really enjoy them, but I learned it just wasn't for me. Like, I was kind of wasting my time ticking off the next big building or big historic building, and I didn't enjoy it. But I discovered I really enjoyed Mm. the kind of more adventurous side, like actually doing things. And another thing I we discovered we enjoyed was escape rooms which are so hot right now in europe with basically you get locked inside a room and solve puzzles to get out yeah i've heard of those that's crazy highly recommended they are so so much fun Uh, so get this uh, we traveled to budapest because it's the international capital of escape rooms there's about a hundred (laughs) there really and just did like over a weekend probably did eight or something oh my gosh and you know so many people would say oh, did you see the whatever famous tourist thing is in Budapest? And we did see a couple, but it's like, yeah, it's not really why we went. We went to enjoy what we enjoyed doing, like have fun. And so we went and played escape rooms in Budapest. So yeah, take that, haters. I don't care. Nice. (laughs) So overall, would you say that you've enjoyed living overseas? Oh, so much. I'm really glad I've had this experience in my life, honestly. It can be stressful Triple sometimes. Triple A++ plus plus would do again. Well, see, that's the hard thing. Would I do it again? I'm not sure. I'm glad I've done it. But would I do it again? Unsure. It kind of feels like life has been on pause for a year. I've had a really yeah. good time and I've got so much like awesome memories and life experience that it was totally worth it. But on the other hand, like your career is not going to go anywhere or you can't really start a family or do any of that kind of milestone life event sort of stuff. So who knows? Love to do it again. Sometimes you got to settle down and be boring, though. So I don't know. I don't know. So you got to do what I do: settle down, be boring, not do anything particularly interesting with your life. Buy a house. Yeah. Be responsible. Realize that possibly might be the worst decision you ever made. Get a cat. Cat scratches up the couch. Get a new couch. <laughs> Watch TV. Buy a new couch. Cry on the new couch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could live overseas. Do it, man. Just drop everything. Who cares? Yeah. YOLO, right? YOLO. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>